Hi, I'm Rob, and this is Dad Sofa, a podcast about the things that connect us. Whether it is a rained-off attempt at a trip to the pub, or string theory, a cycle to Cornwall, or a chat in the sea, we talk about the stuff of life, what makes us curious, the stuff that connects everything, the spaghetti of life. Come and join us. Get comfy. This is Dad Sofa. Cornwall is regarded by the locals as a separate county to the UK, and you might often hear them call it an island separated from England by the Tamar River, a small river that runs across the eastern boundary of the county. Cornwall is a fairly isolated place, with rocky coastlines running from sandy beaches and soaring up to great heights as the cliffs gouge up out of the sea. There are hundreds of isolated brick-built engine houses with chimneys, left derelict, but a quaint reminder of Cornwall's history of tin mining, which goes back thousands of years, all empty, overlooking the countryside and beaches, with lonely surfers awaiting the perfect wave from the low pressure in the Irish Sea. Modern communication and travel meant that tin prices plummeted as countries further afield were able to mine and sell tin at a lower cost. So the last tin mine in Cornwall closed in 1998, and the thriving China industry has also taken a dive. This has left a place, once business rich, to now being one of the poorest counties in the UK, with many inland towns struggling to make ends meet. The tourist industry is Cornwall's biggest draw, leading to many villages becoming empty for most of the year, too expensive for locals, and only lived in during school holidays by Londonites and others who compete for the properties and will pay the extra price for a place that they can do up as long as it has a sea view. There were over 150 planning applications within half a mile of where we stay in Cornwall in the last year. This can be a good thing and a bad thing, in that it is creating new industry in the county for quantity surveyors, architects, builders, scaffolders, and of course gardeners, who tend to empty properties needed because of the subtropical climate and the speed with which growth occurs, even during the winter months. But it does lead to elevated prices for both the buildings and the services that are needed for them, whether they are in use or empty in the out-of-season months. A recent change has been the development of culinary culture in the UK, and so restaurants have started cropping up, not just in London, but all over the place. Chefs are now seeking out more isolated venues to set themselves up, and this has led to all sorts of quirky venues appearing. It started years ago in Cornwall with with Rick Stein in Padstow, where he opened multiple restaurants aimed at different markets and even a cookery school, all located around Padstow and often given the name now as Padstein. We tried to go to one of his restaurants once. It was 12 noon. The place was empty, but we were advised that we could not come in because one of our children was too young. My jaw dropped a few weeks later when I saw Rick Stein himself on television waxing lyrical in Toulon about how inclusive the French are, allowing children of all ages into their restaurants. So we decided not to frequent his businesses from that point on. We took a quick sidestep to Jamie Oliver's place, which appeared in Watergate Bay. The interesting thing about his restaurant is that it gave an opportunity through his training programme for young people to get a job and learn in the hospitality industry in Cornwall. Thus lots of chefs started to be trained and became available for work in the county, giving it a new and growing industry to be proud of. Suddenly names started to appear on cookery books and chef talent shows, people who may have been brought up in Cornwall, either trained locally or off in high-end London kitchens, and then returning to their home. There were, of course, those just seeking a wonderful place to live and work, knowing there are people there that they can now employ with ease. This has led to 41 Michelin-starred restaurants in Cornwall, with a hotspot in the Padstow and Rock area, fairly rural coastal locations which sit on either side of the Camel estuary. Of course, this rise in the number of restaurants 
has led to a further increase in production in the supporting industries locally, with the aim of using local produce in these restaurants. So it has led to a resurgence in the fishing industry, the farming industry, coffee roasters, and even gin and vodka production. Places like Saint-Andelion produce cheeses that easily compete with French cheese. This year, of course, flying has not been an easy option, and so people are starting to appreciate the opportunities available without leaving our shores. So it is nigh on impossible to rent a place in Cornwall at the moment because bookings have shot through the roof. One of my favourite eating venues, when I can get down there, is called The Hidden Hut, which opens daily from April through to October. And during the summer months they have a series of feasts, an old National Trust hut with picnic benches. It used to be a place that opened for two months of the year to sell lollies and plastic beach toys to use on the small beach that it overlooks, Porthkernick Beach. Now a food outlet. You have to sit outside, whatever the weather, and take your own wine and cutlery, some even taking silver candelabras and dressing in dinner suits and cocktail dresses to bring a humorous addition to what was essentially a beach picnic cooked by very good chefs. It started with Simon, the owner, who had been a chef in many parts of the world, such as New York and in India. He was back home in Cornwall and had noticed the hut, but one day overheard in the local pub that the owners were accepting tenders to use it. He put his offer in, and on the day that he got the keys, was unable to get there in his car on a wet February morning because the landscape was so treacherous. He approached on foot in wellies and found the locks were salted up and useless and had to break in through the shutters with large spiders scuttling off. He put a lot of work into the place and now, with no formal advertising, just word of mouth, they've created something to be proud of. There is no signage to the hut and most people have to park on the Portscotho car park and then walk the quarter of a mile down to the beach hut. Their summer months feast tickets sell out in seconds and are known to be the quickest selling tickets for a food outlet in the UK. A quote published in a national newspaper noted that their feast nights sell out quicker than a Beyoncé concert and all to sit out on an isolated, exposed location, eating al fresco. The incongruity of the whole thing is its very attraction. The value of people in Cornwall does seem to be on the rise, a slow process, but one that I hope will continue.